I'm your host, Brad Eames. I'm live here from Market Street Media. Today's guest is the current director of athletic development at Tennessee Tech University. He was a 2016 and 2018 CrossFit Games champion. He's the co-creator creator of the at-home workout program, Open Gym, and the future father of a little boy with his wife, Brooke, the one and only Matt Hewitt. What's up, dude? What's up, Brad? How are you doing today? Good, man. Uh, this is the first CrossFit Games champion I've had on the podcast, so it's a big deal. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, old, old guy on here. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, anything maybe that I didn't mention there in the intro. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, currently, uh, like you said, I'm the director of athletic performance at Tennessee Tech University. Um, that's that's my my job that I've been doing uh, for the last three years as the director. I started here in 2012 as a graduate assistant, became the first full-time assistant in 2014. And then uh, in 2018, I um, was became the director. So uh, that's, that's what I do for a living. Um, along the way, I found CrossFit early uh, in my strength and conditioning career at uh, the University of Tennessee. I had a good friend show me uh, kind of get me into it. And, um, and then from there, um, you know, just happened to find a graduate assistant position at, in Cookville at Tennessee Tech and uh, in the Mecca of CrossFit. And then, you know, things just kind of like escalated from there. So uh, anytime I'm entering or uh, interviewing a CrossFit uh, athlete, I always wonder what was your first workout? And then, um, you know, who was your entry point? Like, who got you into it? Um, so first workout was the, let's see, open 2012. There was, um, was seven minutes of burpees was the first workout that came out and I wasn't doing the open, but I saw a friend do it and I was like, yeah, this is, this is stupid. I'll do it. I can, I can do, do better than this and, and than most people, you know, these crossfitters and, uh, humbled in seven minutes. It was, it was a fun experience. So how many did you get a uh, hundred reps? So a hundred awesome. reps and that one that year, I think it was a six inch, um, touch above your, above your reach. So, um, yeah, what it was, was, what was the, um, first place finish? It was like 150 or 70. I think Panchak did it in like one, yeah, 169, 170, somewhere in that range. So, I was, you know, a bit, bit upset at that, but again, it, it kind of got me, um, you know, I don't know, down the rabbit hole is like, I started, you know, really researching what CrossFit was and, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd always played competitive sports and I wanted to be good at good at anything that I tried. So I was, you know, it being competitive and being able to judge yourself throughout people in the world. I, you know, fell in love right there. And then the guy that introduced me, his name is Herman uh, Dominic. He um, was the baseball strength and conditioning coach at, at the University of Tennessee at the time. And he a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Um, he qualified for regionals that year and he you know, was traveling with baseball. He didn't get to go to regionals just because he, you know, he was working with baseball and traveling every weekend, didn't get to go. Um, but he, he's an incredible athlete. This past year, he did this, the Spartan games and like did extremely well at it. So he's, um, he's who got me into it and started showing me how to do, you know, kipping pull-ups, muscle-ups, um, toes to bar, things of that nature. So um, cool. what was your athletic background in college? Uh, in college, I played football in high school and uh, middle school, anything like that. I played just about everything, baseball, football, basketball. 
Um, so where'd you play at? Uh, University of Tennessee at Martin. Okay. Uh, so Northwest Tennessee. Uh, it's in the Ohio Valley Conference, which is the same conference that Tennessee Tech is in. So I get to go back and, and, and see them, uh, you know, once a year at least. So it's nice. And I'm from around that area too. Okay. So you start this CrossFit thing and when did you realize that, Hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. Um, I guess once I got to cookable, I, I could kind of get a better gauge of where I was at just because I was around, um, one of the GAs at the time with me was Dan Bailey, who had, who had been to the CrossFit games and was currently training to go to the CrossFit games. So it was just, um, you know, being able to see what he did and then kind of compare myself from there and have like a something to aim for. Um, you know, my goal that first year of doing it was to be able to make regionals in 2013. So at the time, regionals were not what they are today or not what they were when they had regionals. It was uh, broken up into, I believe, uh, 16, I think 16 regionals. Central East was our regional um, and they took 48 competitors um, at the time. So I had, to, I had to be in the top 48 in our region to be able to go. And I think that first year I finished 18th, 19th, somewhere in that range uh, in the Central East. So um, from that point, think you had a chance at one of those 48 spots. What is it? Did you think you had a chance at one of those 48 spots? After the first workout, I wasn't so sure because it was uh, snatches and burpees, like a snatch ladder and burpees, mm -hmm. ladder, whatever it was. And I didn't do very well. Um, I think that was, I think that's probably my worst open workout to date was that workout. So um, I was in the mid 150s, 160s after that first workout. So I was, I was questioning just a little bit, um, you know, how, you know, how competitive it was. But then from that point forward, just slowly each workout that came out after that, I was a little bit more in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, I remember that second week because that was the first year we opened the gym. So then it was what a, a push jerk deadlift and uh box jumps yes yeah yeah so that one i did pretty pretty well at um and then i think the fourth workout might have been my best work best open workout to date which is is kind of crazy um it was just a wheelhouse power cleans and toaster bar short seven minutes rock and roll that's that's my style <laughs> so uh, uh i think i finished third or fourth in the world on that workout so that helped uh, quite a bit that's awesome you know, the open starts back in a month. Are you, you going to do the workouts just for fun? Uh, yeah, I'll probably sign up. My um, my son's due April 5th. So um, that would be, you know, and he could come, honestly, he could come tomorrow and, you know, be fine. So um, I, I'm, I plan on doing the workouts. I don't know if I'll sign up just yet. Um, or I may just do the first three weeks to see if I can make that, whatever they're doing this year, top 10% or so somewhere in that range yeah. um, just to do it. And then from that point forward, I'm sure I'll be in full daddy mode. So I don't, I don't know if I'll have time. Uh, I, I can promise you, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's fine. Congrats, by the way, have y'all got a name? Uh, Everett Allen Hewitt, and we're going to call him Rhett. So awesome. Rhett will be here very soon. Has it been a good pregnancy for Brooke? It has been, it's been really good. So, um, you know, we're just, just so thankful and blessed be able to um yeah to be able to have a, a child it's just it's been an awesome experience and i wish the best for you you know i've got two sons and uh, it's life-changing it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do but it's one of the most rewarding so yeah yeah we're, we're pumped up so uh, for someone that trains as hard as you uh i have no doubt it won't it won't be a problem at all so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you, i was mentioning earlier you uh 
we're part of uh, a team that won the CrossFit Games in 2016 and 2018. We won't talk about 2017. That uh, picture. We also won 2015. So you won 2015. Wow. Okay. 15. Sorry, 15, I did my homework there. Um, we don't have to talk about 18. That's fine. Or 17. <laughs> yeah. The the picture of you all on the podium. Uh, yeah, I wasn't there going to touch that one today. No, it's fine. I like talking about that year. That year is just as special as as the other ones, honestly. But um, you you were teammates with uh, obviously Rich Froning and then what James Hobart? Yep, that first year is Rich Froning, James Hobart. Our females were Ellie Cabord, um, Kristen Reffitt, and Lauren Neal. And then the second year we replaced Lauren was she was kind of a fill in at the last moment for us in fifteen, and then in sixteen we replaced her with Lindy Barber, and that was our team for sixteen and seventeen. Did not change. And then 2018 is when they went to the four person and we um, brought in Taza Persevich and, and okay. team in 20. And I'm sorry. And then James left in 16 and Darren Hunsucker came in in 17. And then when it went to four, it was just me, Rich, Lindy and Taza. Cool. Cool. So you had done individuals before you went team, correct? I did in 13 and 14. Uh, like I said, I went to um, the regional regional level, but I didn't make it past the regional level. I believe that first year I finished ninth. And then I think the second year I was <laughs> 14 was a bad year. I think I finished 20th. So it was, uh, what was that? Five people that go from regional. Um, at the time. Yeah. It was kind of weird cause they would take past champions. If, um, if a past champion was like in a qualifying spot, they would take the next person. I think in 13, they took five people from our regional. It just depended. Um, and in 2014, they got, a, they went away from that rule. It was only three people, um, uh, from each region. So, so, so how is the experience different, uh, doing this individually versus with the team? Yeah. And honestly, just not even really knowing, um, growing up, I, I didn't really do, I ran track, I think one year. So I'd never really done anything on like an individual basis. It was always, you know, team oriented sports, football, basketball, baseball, things of that nature. So it was a little bit different. Like everything is kind of on, on you, you know, you, you either like you, if you choose to go slower, that's on you. If you choose to go faster, it's on you versus like having a teammate or somebody to be accountable for how fast or how slow you're going. It makes a big difference in my mind. I know it made a big difference. I was um, definitely not as good as an individual athlete as far as a teammate. I feel like just having that team, atmosphere and being able to um you know not only i would much rather work harder for someone else than myself and well, iron sharpens iron you know your teammates are only going to bring you up i assume yeah absolutely and i would much i'd rather let myself down than let my teammate down so yeah. that's that was kind of my driving force and luckily we had uh rich retired in 14 as far as individual competition and wanted to start a team and so i was thrilled that he wanted me to be on that team so um, you know, it kind of worked out. How'd you guys meet just, uh, through Dan being a GA at Tennessee tech and yeah, that was, that was kind of the first initial contact, but, um, honestly, my wife grew up in Cookville and, uh, Rich and her brother played on the same baseball teams kind of growing up. So, um, they, they knew each other. It wasn't like I, that, you know, it was just totally solely Dan, but Dan did play a big part of kind of bringing me into um, into that relationship. And it, it only grew. Uh, it did grow once we got to regionals. I had never worked out with Rich until we got to regionals that first year. Or I got to regionals that first year in 13. And then kind of from that point forward, I started working out with him quite a bit. Did you see your fitness just evolve? 
yes, so it, quickly. It did evolve, and a lot of things that I I think I made regionals. I could hardly. I don't think I could snatch two hundred two hundred five. You know, that first year, um, my overhead ability was awful. Um, so it was that was I think the biggest thing was being able to learn Olympic lifts and um, and to try to master that part. I think that took me the longest probably to do. Um, and yeah, so each year it was just, you know, just compounded and compounded. And then in 15, really 15 on it, it got to be more, okay, you've learned how to do everything proficient enough. And now it's kind of more fine, you know, fine tuning how you, um, how you respond to training, how, what works best for you, what, how much, how much is, you know, how much workout is, are you working out too much? You're working out not enough. Uh, recovery strategies, things of that nature. And then you just kind of slowly, it starts out really wide and then by the end you're narrowing it down and then kind of fine tuning. And then when I finished in 18, I was by far um, the fittest I've ever been in every aspect. And I kind of figured out how to to do things um, that helped me, you know, be the best that I could be. You, uh, Brooks got family up here in Johnson City, is that correct? That's right. Her, um, she, her brother, sister-in-law, and nephew, our nephew, and then her grandparents are there also, and her aunt and uncle, and their yeah. So we, well, there's quite a few that live there in, in Johnson City and Gray. Yeah, so you've been uh, to Thunder Valley a couple times, worked out with Josh and I, and one of the most amazing things every time we've worked out with you is you just never get tired. And <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, duration of the workout or what, it's there's no deviation in pace. And uh, one of the other things I remember is your warmups are just so extremely hard. I, I remember we did like a biker, uh, or no, it was a salt bike, skier, and something else. And um, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to work out after this. This feels like a workout to me. <laughs> I know. We, and that was, that's Rich would used to do that all the time is like, our, we always used to be like warm up. Yeah, we're warming up. We're about to kill ourselves for 20, 25 minutes, then rest and then lift and then actually do a Metcon. So, um, but again, that was just a way to build volume. Um, honestly, I lift better once I'm out of breath and I feel like I'm fully warmed up, fully engaged, ready to go. Um, but those are, those, I don't do that quite as often as I used to. I, I kind of, I'll do it once or maybe twice a week. But not yeah. every day. Uh, it used to be an everyday occurrence, and again, that was one of those things that kind of looked back as the years went by, and was like, "All right, what am I? What are we getting out of this?" You know, um, kind of thing. So it definitely evolved. But I still like those are some of my go-to workouts. If I don't, I don't have to think. I just you know hop on a bike, hop on a rower, row, burpee, no think, just go. Would you say you're still doing a CrossFit top workout for the okay. majority of the week? Um. Yeah, for the most part, I, I do. Um, I just I just don't do it as much. I kind of vary my week, and um, Monday is usually a heavy Metcon CrossFit day. Wednesday also, but Tuesday Tuesday is like speed work. I like I love doing speed work, jumping, plyos, a uh, little bodybuilding in there. Thursday is usually um, monostructural. I used to swim. I don't really, I hated swimming all those years. So I don't really do that anymore. I like to run. So it's run long bike, just usually one thing. And then I might do some recovery stuff later in the day. Friday is usually one workout, um, kind of open style workout and just kill yourself 30 minutes and be done. Saturday, um, is usually a quick workout lift, 
little pump session. Sunday is usually an active recovery, long run. So that's kind of how my week set up right now. Um, Which is still a pretty aggressive training regimen for someone that's not competing, you know? Yeah, I know. And uh, people always ask me, well, do you, I don't, I don't know. I guess I did it for so long and I never, I don't want to feel like I ever get to a point where I like, I can't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might make me feel old. <laughs> it was, well, you know, and I don't, I don't, uh, for whatever reason, I also like to test kind of my abilities and like, you know, as a person, like I like to push, push my limits and kind of just test myself and how far I can push myself. Cause it's, you know, for the longest time it was a physical game and now it's more mentally what can you do because i'm physically i can do just about anything but mentally what can i do and so i still like to test that here and there i'll do crazy things um you know like in the past i think i've done it i did a thousand burpees one day and a thousand pull-ups one day just just random stuff uh ran a half marathon i don't know just just anything to kind of still be able to keep that edge. Did I see a thousand calorie assault back one day? I did do that. Yeah. yeah. Really that one wasn't the bad. Wasn't the worst one. No. I really uh the burpees was probably the worst. Same thing, just over and over and over and over and over for an hour and fourteen minutes. The uh first year we were open we did a like a canned food drive in um I said I would do a burpee for every uh, pound of food that we got and of course, the members, you know, went to the cheapest grocery store they could, and I ended up doing 400 burpees. Yeah. That's that's a, so that's my PR as far as burpee reps in a day. But um, anyway, I want to I want to talk. Uh, so you you win the 2018 CrossFit Games, and then you you pivot and you are going to fully commit yourself uh, at TTT or Tennessee Tech. So tell me a little bit about that decision and why you decided to step away from competing. Yeah, that's a decision. I mean, it really, before the year even started, it was, my wife and I talked, it was kind of in the back of our, you know, really not in the back. It was, it was a thing that we were considering that that was going to be my last year competing. Um, that accelerated when my current boss left um, for the NFL and I was, became the director, I think a week before the Open started in 2018. So immediately, you know, my responsibilities went up tremendously. And, um, so, um, and then, you know, you're looking at, at competing and at things of that nature. And it's just, it's a time thing. It's so consuming, uh, if you're going to do it at that level. And I mean, honestly, most people, that's all they do. They might own a gym or there's rarely people that have a full-time job and are able to compete at, at a high level anymore. Uh, early on, you know, you could do that, but now it, it but, but now it's gotten so big that, it's hard to do. So uh, going in, we kind of knew that that was going to be the case. It was probably going to be my last year uh, competing. And then, you know, as the year went on and, you know, just seeing the outlook of what the job was going to look like. Also, it was family time. Um, knew that my wife my wife and I wanted to start a family. So, um, you know, it, it kind of became obvious that that was that it was going to be my last year. So. Got you. Um, so anything you miss about? training and being on the team? Yeah, I miss, I miss training and competing. I think training was a lot of times it was just as fun, if not more fun than competing. Cause you're just around people suffering, you know, your friends and it's just pushing each other each day. Uh, don't get me wrong. We had good days, bad days, but for the majority of the time it was, it was a lot of fun just training and being around those people every day. Um, and then the competition floor, like you just, there's nothing that really replaces that. 
um, as far as like, you know, you can do other things. You can go compete at a local, um, a local competition or uh, the open, but just being out on the floor at that high level, it, it, you just, it's something that um, every year when it comes on, I just, yeah, it's, it's something you miss, but, um, but now, you know, the focus, that was the focus for so long from 2012 to 2018. And then you just, you shift your focus. My focus now is more, is more on my family and on my career and, um, going forth from there. So. it's awesome. Let's talk about the open gym app that you created. Yeah. Me and my, my, my buddy Brooks like, uh, we met at a charity CrossFit competition that was held in, in Cookville and, um, you know, we kind of. I went out and visited him in California at the time and uh, my wife went too. And we um, just, we were working out in this garage and we just started thinking, Hey, we, we should do something together, you know? And it, it kind of started from that point and um, trying to figure out what we were going to do. We started with um, a body weight workout. You can do it, you know, body weight only absolutely anywhere kind of deal. And it grew. And, and then um, about six to eight months in, we decided that, Hey, you know, you do CrossFit and you're really good at it. And, you know, you could program for that and we could use it too. So we kind of branched off, um, uh, into, um, I program for, um, like elite level and then just like your garage gym type athletes also. So we kind of have like three divisions of the open gym, uh, platform. Um, it used to be an app. We, we actually moved away from that. We use a, a platform called sugar Wad. A lot of people have probably heard of that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's doing really well. And, still pressing, pressing forward. So that's, um, just again, that again, focusing one thing, uh, shifting from, uh, competing into, you know, owning your own business and, you know, things of that nature, just things that I wouldn't be able to do if I was still competing. So if someone wanted to check that out, how could they, uh, find that? Uh, you can go to, um, SugarWad. you go to their marketplace, you'll find us open gym, or you can go onto my, um, Instagram page or open gems, Instagram page, follow the link. We'll take you there and, and you can get signed up and, and check us out. Cool. I had a really good listener question that was sent over yesterday. Um, this is actually from one of our coaches. He's a, a top, uh, weight Olympic weightlifting athlete, um, in the nation. Actually, he was asking, uh, what is your why when it comes to training and what got you through your bad days? It's a good question. Um, you know, why I did something I always wanted growing up, I always wanted to be great at something. And, you know, whether it was sports, man, growing up, it was sports. I just wanted to be great at sports and, you know, not so much for myself as just the people around me. Um, and again, like, and for CrossFit, it became, I wanted to be, after we won, it was always, I want to be able to, um, to give my absolute best for the people around me every day and that those people are counting on me every day. Now it's different than individual sports. So, um, again, I think you just have to look at, at why you're doing something. And for something like an Olympic sport or Olympic weightlifting sport, I think it's, you know, yeah, you just have to find what, what, what pushes you. Um, but for me, it was always to make the people around me better or to sell out for the people around me. So those people are what got you through your bad days. Is that what you'd say? Oh yeah. You know, it was like, I didn't want to let them down. So if I missed a session, I never let my miss myself really miss a session. 
you know, if they did something, then, you know, I, while I was gone and I was at work and then it was late at night, it was like, I, you know, would feel almost nauseated and sick if I wasn't able to go do some, do that same workout. You know, I was just, it was, even if it was like, all right, I've, I've been on my feet for 12 hours. I've ran groups. Like I've had all these things I've worked out still, but you know, it was always, it didn't matter. Like it was, I don't know. It was kind of weird kind of thinking back about it, how, how that drove me every day to be, to be better. And I think just, yeah, just not wanting to let people down. Did you always enjoy it? I did, honestly. Um, from, from really the beginning, I think it was just a, just being able to see yourself progress each day and then being measured by great people every day. So a lot of people don't get to, don't get to see that. They don't really get to see how good they are one, two times a year. They opens one way to be able to see how good you are or if you compete at a different level, like that's the only way to really measure yourself. You don't have, you know, the Rich Fronings, the James Hobart, Lenny Barbers, Kristen Reffitts, um, Darren Hunsuckers, and that's just people on our team. Drake Strome, you don't have those people around you every day to be able to measure yourself. So it was always like that process of seeing, uh, seeing yourself grow that kind of pushed me. Did it ever feel like work more so than having fun? Towards the end, it, you know, it, it's weird because the first year we were so, you know, it was the goal was just to make it to the games. We made it um, and, you know, no really, you know, we were trying to do obviously the best we could, but, you know, winning really wasn't the goal. It was just being there um, and we ended up winning. So then from that point forward, it was, it kind of changed the game a little bit from, from fun to being able to like, by the end, it was like, there was so much more into it. There's, you know, there's money involved, there's livelihoods involved. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for some of the, our teammates, like it was their only source of income. So yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's a job that's you're, you're working out to get paid. So, mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was, you know, it was never my full-time job. So I wasn't relying on that income. So it, it was a little bit more fun to me as far as still being able to, to go in there and each day, not really having to worry about, you know, you know, the pressure was not, not on, I wasn't relying on that income to, for my family. So right. different for me than it might've been for Rich or Tasia or Lindy, um, where that was kind of their full, full source of income. No, that makes sense. Everybody lo loves a good laugh. So give me some funny moments or stories that you have with the team. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that. And honestly, there were so many times um, early on, I, I think Hobart, he was just this madman some days in, in the gym. And we would like, we would say stuff. Rich would say something like, hey, we're going to do, you know, whatever, 50 handstand push-ups, something, something, something crazy. And James was like, no, let's do 100. You know, no, let's do 100. And just like keep adding on that. And then by the time we get to, and like, Rich would be like, okay, okay. And just like how many days that we did that is unreal. And James would just get, just get like, when we say mad and hurt, we call him the, the Hurricane Hobart. Like I, and I just, so many days like that, I, nothing really specific. We also, we all used to scare Ellie all the time, kind of early on. Um, those were always good laughs. And yeah, I remember those moments where y'all would just like pop out of nowhere and very easy to scare. But the, the Hobart moments, I think were always fun. He was just, uh, he kept things really, really light. Um, Did he ever do that to where you guys are like, how can we really do a hundred reps of that? Well, you're, you're talking to Rich, so it's like, no, we're doing it. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. So then we're just sitting there like, oh, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then awesome. I, I, thinking more about it, I think one day Ellie was 
putting on, she always put on sunscreen and James was like, that stuff is terrible for you. She was like, no, it's whatever, eco-friendly. And he's like, whatever. And just like started squirting the uh, um, lotion into his mouth and just like, <laughs> just like running around. Almost like the dumb and dumber, like ketchup. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, you're like, James, what are you doing? But yeah. Yeah. Good time. Awesome. So you've had so many accomplishments and successes in life. What, which are you the most proud of in competing or in, in general? Uh, in general, um, I think a lot of things, uh, my family, my faith are things that I think I'm probably the most proud of. Um, I've been a Christian for a long time and my wife, um, she pushes me every day to be a better person in our family. I think that's, that's probably what I'm most proud of it, are those two things. Um, you know, and they, they mean, they mean the world to me. So, um, and now we get to raise a son in that same atmosphere. And, and my goal, our goal is to make him better than we were, um, to teach him things that um, we didn't learn to teach him, um, you know, and just to make him a, a, a better person. So I think, I think families is, is my wife have been probably the, most, the thing that I'm the most proud of. Um, as far as competing, I mean, yeah, I mean, winning was always, was always, was always fun. So <laughs> What was the biggest lesson you learned from that second place finish that year? Um, you know, that year was, was unique because we had a lot of things kind of going on. Rich had an injury um, and the way we trained was kind of shifted off of kind of based around that, based around that injury and some of the things that we didn't get to touch on. Um, and that there's always, I think that lesson is like, there's always someone out there that's trying to beat you. And, you know, whether we were overconfident that year or not, I just think that um, that was a huge lesson is like, you know, is being humbled as far as, you know, for most people that second place finish, that would have been amazing. Um, you know, that would have been a highlight maybe of their CrossFit career to finish second place at the CrossFit game. But for us, we'd already won two, two times. Um, and again, I think it was just more about, um, yeah, that, that there's always someone out there that's trying to work hard on you and trying to beat you. So you have to have that in the back of your mind every time you step into the gym. And if you don't, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. And we had that medal right on the whiteboard that we saw every day for a year. So. Did you all have a real bad finish in a workout that year that ended up you all getting second or was that the team that won first just consistently that good that year? Yeah. And there was only really like that year, there was only, there wasn't any shuffling like, it was from the top to top, like three or four teams. That was pretty much I'm not saying that all that was there, but as far as like getting big points, that was, those are the teams that were doing it. We kind of got behind at the beginning. We had, we didn't do very well in uh, our weightlifting that year. Um, I think those two are worst finishes. I think we finished like 21st and 15th or something like that. So, um, and if you're going to win, you can't have finishes like that. Yeah. Um, so so very general, I'm not talking about anything specific as far as fitness or anything, but what are some tips or advice you would give anyone about improving in anything they're trying to get better at or trying to accomplish in life? Repetitions, I think, um, no matter what it is, whatever you're trying to get better at, if you're trying to get better at handstand pushups, handstand walking, burpees, you're trying to be, um, you know, anything it really doesn't have to be workout related is just doing that whatever it is every every chance you get 
trying to improve on it. You know, if it's Olympic lifting, uh, it's honing in on those skills, but you're having to do those things consistently. And I think consistency too is something that, um, you know, you can hope and pray that you're going to be better at something, but if you don't do the repetitions and you're not consistent with it, it's not going to happen. What um, about from a mindset standpoint? As far as what, like, Just, um, uh, getting better. Um, yeah, I think it goes back to the why, like, why are you doing it? Like, if you don't really know why you're doing something, it's hard to just go in there and do it. So um, yeah. I feel like a driving force um, to be, for me, was to be, you know, the best CrossFit team athlete I could be. So um, there was things individually that I had to work on and, um, you know, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I had two people ask me, questions on instagram and they both were food related food um yeah food related for an athlete one person said if he, he's on his deathbed what's his last meal <laughs> my last meal i'm gonna have a big old steak big steak <laughs> yeah filet ribeye uh, what you um, honestly it doesn't really matter. well i say it doesn't really matter um yeah i would probably get a ribeye rib okay so my uh, brother-in-law he uh grew up in cookville he was his one of his big uh, claims to fame is he was actually Rich Froning's class president. No, there you go. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, this one comes from a Cookville native, but he said, "What is his favorite Cookville post-workout meal?" So I guess he's looking for one of your favorite restaurants or meals specific to Cookville. Specific to Cookville, honestly. Well, okay, that's that's easy. Um, we used to do this a long time. I haven't done this in a while because I don't feel like I've worked out hard enough. To deserve something like this but we used to get ralph's donuts mm -hmm. uh, post-workout and if you've never had ralph's you need to go have ralph's donuts so and our the gym ma'am's gym used to be like right next to ralph's so it was like kill yourself go get a donut yeah i came there for uh a level one and couldn't find the gym but i was like oh there's that ralph's that uh everybody talks about and then i was like oh wait there's mayhem yep Just stumbled right across it yeah so well, brother, uh, thanks for hopping on today. Yeah, man. I'm glad I got to. Uh, you you were talking about how you physically can do anything. It's more the mental challenge that you're looking for these days. And uh, remember that when the baby's waking up every two hours in the middle of the night here in a couple months. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, uh, you'll, you'll get plenty of your mental challenges. And that is funny because, like, as far as sleep-wise, like, I like sleep. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. sleep very long, but I do like to sleep. <laughs> I, I bought a, uh, a whoop. Um I don't know, six months ago. And I was like, man, I hate spending this, but if it makes me sleep 30 more minutes a night, it's so worth it. And it's been a great investment. I'll tell you a funny story about whoops real quick before we get okay. off. Um, and I think 17, we all like whoop gave us all the team members a whoop band and we had it linked up on our phones where we could see each person. Mm -hmm. So then you got to see who got the most sleep, who's recovered the most, and then that didn't last too long because I usually went to bed at 930 and got up at four, like every morning. So and we had killed ourselves every day. So mine always like, you know, red on everything like, oh, he didn't sleep enough. He's not recovered like every day. It was like, I'm, you're not telling me anything. I don't know. Um, but then everyone else can see it. And then, then you see like Rich or Ellie and like, you know, nine hours of uninterrupted sleep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no kidding. We got the same thing with the coaches at the gym and, um, yeah, I, I can't figure out all the metrics, but, um, 
I always have the high strain level, I guess, where I'm just walking around the gym and these guys doing like mayhem programming right now, they're always less strain and like half the time not as recovered and they just are so frustrated. Yeah. yeah that's, why well, I, that's why I look the way I do, you know? Yeah. So after like two weeks, which was like, yeah, we're not wearing these things anymore. I was like, yeah, yeah. You don't want to see, <laughs> you don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, you just wake up and you're in the red and you're like, it puts you in a bad mood almost. Yeah. Now I was like, I don't want to see that. I already know they don't sleep enough. We kill ourselves every day. Yeah. I'm not recovered. <laughs> now it would probably be more useful. I would have yeah. more support today than I did then. But Hey, maybe go ahead and get one. It'll help you get a little more sleep at the baby. Yeah. So. Well, brother, thanks for hopping on. Um, listeners, we'll be back here tomorrow with Brian Strump out of Charlotte. So make sure and tune in then. Matt, thank you for your time today. Yeah, Brad, I appreciate it, man. And we'll see you guys later. All right, we'll see you.